0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another edition of the Assembly Call, another off season edition of the Assembly Call. And I am Recording this at 1120 Central Time on Thursday, and so the first thing that I need to let you know is that there will be no Assembly Call Radio tonight, Thursday, July 28th, and the reason for that is that really the big story this week is recruiting, uh, and as you know, you know, we follow recruiting, you know, from a fan perspective, we try to keep up on it, Who's, you know, who are the prospects, what are the official visits, but, you know, when it really gets into analyzing some of these guys and talking about, you know, where they're leaning and all that stuff... That's just not our area of expertise, and so we still want to talk about it, and so we decided to bring in an expert, and so we have a special treat for you this week, which is an interview with Rob Cassidy, who is the Director of Basketball Recruiting for Rivals, Uh, really gives us a lot of good insight um, uh, on Indiana recruiting, as you'll hear, just a really engaging, uh, entertaining guy. Uh, So it's a really fun conversation. And we talk about a wide range of topics. Um, We talk a little bit about Indiana's uh, incoming class this year. He has some really interesting thoughts on Malik Renaud that I think you'll enjoy hearing. We talk about the class of 2023 recruits that are committed, Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, uh, as well as just the general impact that Mike Woodson is having on the recruit trail for Indiana. Uh, And then we go down the list of high priority targets, both in the class of 2023, guys like Jamie Kaiser, Arrington Page, Deshaun Harris Smith, uh, all of whom are taking official visits uh, this week. Uh, Xavier Booker, of course. And then the class of 2024, guys like Flory Badunga, Dylan Hunter, or Dylan, Hunter, Dylan Harper, uh, Derek Queen, Asa Newell, uh, just some of the names uh, that you've been hearing uh, associated with Indiana that the coaching staff has been watching during uh, the summer live recruiting period. And so we get to uh, talk with Rob about all those, plus some fun stories uh, from the recruiting trail, Uh, but Rob's a really entertaining guy uh, and really knowledgeable, Uh, and one of the things I respect about him, there were a couple questions I asked, and he's like, I don't know, Um, haven't seen those guys enough. And I appreciate that. I very much appreciate someone in this day and age just saying I don't know when they don't know an answer to a question. Uh, it actually allows you to trust the answers they do give you uh even more. So make sure you follow him. It's at Cassidy underscore Rob, and you'll hear the story behind why that's the Twitter name uh in this conversation. But he's an entertaining follow and an educational one if you want to stay up to date on recruiting. So all of that coming on this week's edition of the assembly call. But again, no assembly call radio tonight. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled weekly live uh, show on Thursday evening. So uh, let's get to the conversation with Rob, just one piece of business that we need to handle first, and you know what it is. Yes, this episode of The Assembly Call, like all episodes of The Assembly Call and all episodes on the Back Home Network, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. And look, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir. You've probably purchased many things already from Home Field Apparel. uh, And so this is just a good reminder to you. But if you haven't gone to Home Field Apparel yet, you really should. Um, And not just if you're an IU fan, but if you like you know just the history and tradition of college sports if you're shopping for someone you know who went to a different school or who is a fan of a different school they have something for everyone there and it's actually fun sometimes just to go and browse through their different collections because you can see these old logos and brand marks that they've pulled you know out of the dusty archives some hundreds of years old And it's cool, 100 years old, I guess. Uh, And it's cool seeing what some of these old logos look like. They're such character and they're so unique. And just really interesting, you know, and it kind of seems like the kind of thing that would never get greenlit today. Uh, but just some really interesting stuff. They printed on really comfortable materials, whether you're looking for t shirts or you're looking to start getting prepared for the winter with hoodies. Uh the colors last through many washings. And look, you're supporting a great company. They came up through the Kelly School of Business. We've been working with them. I think this is our sixth season, you know, since back when they were just called Who's Proud? Uh, you know, and so we really appreciate Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Appreciate them, uh, and we highly recommend them. So if you haven't ordered anything from there, use the promo code HOME. You'll get 15% off. That's promo code HOME at homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All righty. Now here is my conversation with Rob Cassidy. Okay. Very pleased to be joined right now by Rob Cassidy, basketball recruiting director for Rivals, not the world-famous pickleball player. Do you ever get mistaken for him? I Googled, and there's another Rob Cassidy who's like real good at pickleball, apparently.
1: So no, the guy that I get, the guy that I've actually sat next to in the press box once is this. There's like a famous boxing writer named Rob Cassidy who I guess has written books and like. Oh really? You know, every once in a while, especially like in the New York area, I'll get like mistaken for him if I'm at an event, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we love the Sweet Science," which is one of his books. (laughs) And I'm like, "I did not write the Sweet Science." You know, I don't know anything about boxing, but I was covering the Pinstripe Bowl like a decade ago. Uh-huh. And they put me next to him as in the press box there. So I got to meet him and tell him that I've been being mistaken for him my whole life. Um, I guess he gets it some for me too. So
0: he's out there. Have you covered a lot of Pinstripe Bowls? Because Indiana played in a famous Pinstripe Bowl, famous for Indiana fans, Pinstripe Bowl uh, many years ago, or five or six I've, years ago, maybe. I don't even remember. I've
1: covered one. And the one that I covered is also famous. Uh, it was Syracuse and Kansas State. And Kansas State lost because. After a touchdown, they uh, the wide receiver that scored saluted the crowd, and they gave him 15 yards on the two point conversion. They didn't convert. They lost by point. K State fans still like <laughs> about it. it. was playing the blizzard. It was a nightmare, man. I'm telling you, like open air press boxes aren't made. You know, they're made for like October baseball. You know, yeah. they're not made for January football. I'm just sitting there freezing in this blizzard. It's just the worst bowl experience of all time.
0: Yeah, well, Indiana fans can appreciate any story where Syracuse loses. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> that is good. Um, okay, so we want to talk about recruiting. That's obviously what everybody's talking about uh, this time of year. And on our show, it's certainly not our area of expertise. We wanted to bring in an expert uh, who can give us some insight. And I'd love to start actually with Indiana's incoming freshman class, Jalen Hutchifino, Malik Renault, Caleb Banks, CJ Gunn. Obviously, we're familiar with the scouting reports, all of that. I'm curious if you had maybe an outlier opinion on any of those guys. Were you higher or lower on any of those guys than kind of the general consensus?
1: I think I'm probably higher on Renault than the general consensus. Um, Just because, you know, you get the scoring with him, and I think everybody gets so caught up with the rebounding and everything. But the guy is an incredible passer. I think when you see Renault, the thing that like pops out about him that a lot of people don't talk about is just how smart he is. He never turns the ball over, never makes a bad decision with the basketball. Uh, Indiana kind of lucked into him a little bit in the way that I think he was 100% going to go to Florida uh, until Mike White bounced. And then, you know, in conversations with him and his dad, they started recruiting him to Georgia a little bit. And I think it became like, well, you told us you were going to be here, and you lied to my face, and now you're in Georgia, so why am I going to believe you now that you're going to be in Georgia? And there was kind of like a fracture there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, he just kind of fell into Indiana's lap because of it, and I think they're going to be better off because of it. I mean, he's a really, really, really smart and athletic player, incredibly skilled uh, I think some people would take Shafino if they were drafting the Indiana class, so to speak, as, as kind of the crown jewel, but I think it's definitely Malik.
0: Yeah, all the stories we've heard about him are great. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how much time he gets You know, with Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson <laughs> there. But I think everybody expects him to you know force his way into the rotation from the start because, as you said, he's so skilled in so many ways. What were your thoughts on Banks? Because he's the guy that has really – I mean, everybody's kind of been talking about him uh, and, and how impressive he's been.
1: You know, he's one, and I think that, you know, there's probably something to that as he was probably the one I saw the least. Uh, He was a little bit inconsistent for me. Uh, I think I probably saw him twice in his career. The guy that worked underneath me at the time, Jamie Shaw, saw more of him than I did. Uh, The reason he wasn't ranked higher is just because the sample size for me was so small. Uh, Jamie had seen him a couple times, but he was one of those dudes in high school where you'd see him, and one day you'd be like, oh, okay, I can see it. And then the very next day it would be like, okay, 11 turnovers like what's you know and there's some guys in this class like that too and that comes with youth uh but it sounds like he's gotten kind of straightened out up there and is making some better decisions with the basketball in his hands and things but yeah he was kind of a victim of a small sample size as some people are you know if you see a kid 30 times like you did the top 30 kids in the country or whatever you kind of have an idea of what they are anything less than five or six times you know it, it's a roll of the dice i won't sit here and lie to you and be like you know we've never missed on guys but i get The guys that usually burn me the most are the ones like him where the sample size is tiny and it's like, you know, did his girlfriend break up with him this morning? (laughs) You know, you never (laughs) really know these things, you know? Like, So if you see a kid two or three times and one of them is is a real bad performance, you know, it can bite you if, if you're trying to project.
0: Yeah. So as we look now to the class of 2023, which Indiana is obviously looking to complete with some of these official visits with guys like Jamie Kaiser and Arrington Page, who we'll get to in a minute, they have two commitments from Gabe Cupps and Ja'Kai Newton. Cupps, who has been all over the place playing a lot, and Ja'Kai, who has been struggling with an injury uh, this summer, uh, so he hasn't been playing. What are your thoughts on those two guys?
1: You know, I got to see Ja'Kai in an all-star game, an underclassman all-star game in Atlanta right before he got hurt, and he looked fantastic. Uh, you know, all-star game settings are sometimes kind of hard to evaluate because it's not exactly, uh, the layer of defense, but you know, when he's attacking the rim, he's, he can be special, you know, he's he, the peripheral skill set will come, you know, he'll become a better shooter. He'll need to become a better defender, but he has the motor, uh, and he finishes really, really well through contact for the way he's built. Like he's a guy that's going to get to the free throw line. Uh, he's going to shoot a bunch of free throws in the game and he's going to get you a bunch of n ones because he is that kind of hard-nosed guy. As far as cups goes he's you know he's obviously limited by the size uh he's not going to set the world on fire scoring the ball for indiana i don't think but you know he is a skilled player that makes good decisions with the basketball that's not going to turn it over a bunch he's pretty he's as steady as guys come you know we talked a little bit about caleb where it's all over the place you know what you're going to get with game cups you know every once in a while he'll, he'll get real hot from beyond the beyond the arc and he'll put up a gaudy point total but for the most part uh you know he's going to dictate pace. Uh, he's going to find open teammates, and he's going he's to impact winning, even if he's not impacting the, the score sheet.
0: Are you of the opinion, as many others are, that the class of twenty twenty three is down compared to some of the others around it?
1: <laughs> They're all down, except for twenty five. Like twenty twenty three and tw- twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, both. <sighs> I, I would, they're not even top-heavy. They're just not good classes. And 25 is the one that's got everybody excited. with, you know, Cooper Flagg and the Boozers at the top and co opete There's some really high-end talent in that 25 class. And two guys from in Indiana,
0: Sicily is- and Harrelson, yeah. that, that Indiana yeah, yeah. fans yeah, are excited about.
1: It's really – that's really going to be a good class. 23 is down. And it's become even worse now that Gigi's moved out of it. Gigi Jackson's moved out of it. And it. My biggest thing right now is trying to find out who's number one. There's nobody. You know, If I could start at number four, <laughs> that would be what I what I'd really like to do, yeah. uh, but unfortunately they don't let me start at number four, and I have to start at one. And I, I don't know—is it Xavier Booker? He's of interest in Indiana. It might be him. Like that. I—the I, more I think about it, the more I think it probably is. Um, but he's—and that's really—and that, you
0: know, that's a future yeah. projection, right? Just based on his tools. Because I saw the post where you were kind of thinking out loud about who's number one, and you know, and he's a guy who's been really inconsistent as well. And yeah. you, you kind of don't know what you're going to get from him
1: yeah he's kind of if he is one and i'm not sure that he is yet because i'd rather walk into the sea than think about this anymore it is a future projection because he's huge he moves extremely well when he's on he can shoot it he defends every position on the floor so you can see you can project him as a lottery pick. you know you can see it the other guys you know there's some production but you can't see it like you look at like justin edwards who just came into kentucky he was a fine player but is he ever going to be a top three pick in the draft Probably not. And now, is there a risk with Booker? Yeah. Uh, is it going to take some time to get there? Probably. He's not as proven as some of the other guys because, you know, he yeah. doesn't play in the UIBL. He doesn't play at a particularly national high school schedule. We haven't seen him a ton against truly elite guys. But you talk to NBA people, as I did this week at Peak Jam, and they all love him. And then you can start loving him too. You kind of talk yourself into it, right? It's like, you know, you're watching for number one and you don't see anybody else. So then you kind of latch on to the guy with the highest ceiling. I mean, yeah. That's kind of what's happened with Booker. I think he's going to be a great college basketball player. He's just not quite there yet.
0: I'm, I'm always curious about this. My dad was a scout in the NFL for like 20 years, and so I've talked with him about this. How do you avoid falling into groupthink and falling prey to the cognitive biases that would be so easy? You know, Because you, know, you hear other guys talk about someone, and that kind of primes how you feel about them. How do you block that stuff out and just try to get an analysis based on what you've seen?
1: It's really, really hard. You know, I would sit here and lie to you. And I think as the sample size gets bigger, the easier it is to do that. And one of the things that I like to say is the more you see a kid, you start hating him, right? By the end of, <laughs> you know, I'll see, you know, right now I saw, you know, I've seen, I've seen the boozers four times probably. I love them. You know, I think Caden's great. I think they're both great. By this time, three years from now, I'm going to figure out everything they do that I hate. And, you know, I'll probably be looking at you in the eyes and be like, well, the 2025 class is down. They all suck. <laughs> it just <laughs> So the more you watch, the more the flaws stand out. You start to focus on them. Uh, and I think that helps with avoiding the groupthink, you know, because the group thing happens early on, right? Like, I don't know how – you guys obviously don't pay too close of attention to recruiting, as you said, but I, everybody was on this Cooper flag. Like, he's, yeah. he's the best player in 2025. I saw some people write, he's the best prospect regardless of class. He's the best prospect in eight years. And then he comes to the Peach Jam and he plays the boozers and gets absolutely physically dominated. And everybody wants to rush into this groupthink stuff, I think, uh, because he did so well in the under-17s in in Spain or whatever. But that starts to kind of break apart the older the prospects get. I think groupthink is way more prevalent when they're young. Uh, There's more difference of opinion. You know, Travis and I, Travis is my part-time guy at Rivals, and he's great. does a great job. We get into some pretty heated arguments about guys. (laughs) And, you know, number one is one of them. Right now, he's fighting me on, on Booker versus Edwards. And even though I don't know which side I come down on, uh, So we do a pretty good job avoiding that, I think. you, you got to be honest with yourself, and you got to be honest with the people around you.
0: Yeah. Is there a, any particular reason you can point to why uh, the 2023 class and 2024 class are down? I mean, I know these things go in cycles. So is it just a cycle? Is there anything COVID-related that maybe stunted See, these guy's growth?
1: Listen, you know, that's really easy to say, and that's the easy exit is how it was COVID. And yeah. it possibly was. I mean, there's no real way of, you know... Be sure of that. I think like anything else, it's probably a multitude of factors, right? It's, it was never really that good to begin with. A lot of really good players have transferred out or reclassed, uh, COVID definitely stole these guys, freshmen and part of their sophomore years from them. And, you know, that's a lot of development time, you know? And even if they were in the gym, it's one thing to be in the gym with your trainer or whatever, it's another thing to be testing yourself up against other guys in the UIBL or in the Adidas circuit, or even in the high school ranks, you know, there wasn't, they didn't get a year of that. And, in in like formidable years, like that sophomore year is so crucial. Uh, yeah. That summer between freshman and sophomore year, and when you get that taken away from you, I think it can stunt your development.
0: What sense do you get about the impact that Mike Woodson is having on the recruiting trail, and maybe how he's changing the perception of Indiana on the recruiting trail?
1: This is what I always say, and it, with every and you saw with Jawan Howard, you'll see it with a lot of first-year head coaches. And it's happening with Kenny Payne a little bit in Louisville is it is very hard to sell a dream. So no matter what kind of name recognition Mike Woodson has, he takes over last year before he ever coaches a game. And he does pretty well. You know, he gets to Mar Bates, And it's one thing to to try to recruit. Uh, OK, this is the vision of the program under me. I know you can't see it, but you have to believe in it. Now, after last year, at least the trajectory is kind of going in the right direction. So now he's able to say, here's the vision of the program, and here is proof that we are heading in that direction. And I think that does wonders more than recruiting on a dream. You know, John Howard was kind of a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a freak occurrence with that class. I know it did pan out as well as it did, but it is very hard to recruit a class like that unless you're at Duke or something without coaching. And now I think you're kind of seeing. Woodson take the next step forward because he's got something to point to and he's not really selling a dream anymore he's selling some, at least some tangible evidence that the program is heading in the right direction. Uh, and I think you know if he improves the win total next year, one of the most important things, far none in recruiting besides and I, besides money and, and everything else is trajectory right like that's why schools with coaches on the hot seat can't recruit. there's you know there's doubt there's everything else that begins to set in. so as long as you're showing improvement, uh, I think it becomes miles easier to recruit, especially to a place like Indiana that has all the history where you connect the past with the future. And, and, and you know, he's the guy to do that. Um, he's the perfect guy to do that. And I think he's doing it pretty well.
0: You mentioned NIL there. And we know that that's obviously having a big impact on recruiting. You know, players want to go where they're going to have NIL opportunities. But we also know that you technically can't, or the coaches at least, can't use NIL as a recruiting pitch or recruiting inducement. How? Do you know how, like, how is that working in practice? Is that just something that people Got say, it. but in reality, it's we know kind yeah, of what's yeah. actually happening?
1: A hundred percent. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when a football coach tells you they're only focused on the next game on the schedule, it's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge because there's no way to enforce it. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to wiretap? I mean, I guess you could wiretap. <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> Listen, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you, you going to do? There's no way to prove it. It's It's completely. You know it's the wild west and i mean they can say all they want that there's regulation or whatever but there isn't you know i talked to a lot of head coaches and the other thing that people are like oh there's so much tampering with nil and the transfer portal but that was all happening before like tampering is not new (laughs) is it worse now maybe a little uh but now it's just kind of out there in the open and everybody knows what's happening it's it's like we've all collected to agree to ignore all this like nobody's going to do any investigative journalism into whether a coach is using name, image, and likeness to recruit. Like we've all just decided not to do that, I guess, yeah. uh, because it's happening broadly and there's, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube.
0: Let's look at some of the other guys in the class of 2023 that Indiana is recruiting. Guys that have taken visits like Jamie Kaiser just finished his visit. Arrington Page just started his. And maybe we'll start with those two guys because on all of the Indiana hot boards that you look at, those are two names near the top. Uh, Let's start with Kaiser. What's your impression of his game? And he's a guy who was kind of assumed to be going to Maryland, but it seems like Indiana may have moved the needle a little bit with the visit.
1: Yeah, I saw some of the photos in the visit. It looked like he was having a good time. I still think Maryland is probably the team to beat there. Um, he's gotten a lot better at the peripheral things. Like he's always kind of been able to get hot and shoot it, score a little bit. He's gotten a lot better. You know, I saw him at Adidas this year. He's rebounding the ball better. He's passing the ball better. Uh, he's not. You know, he's, he's impacting games. You know, what you really want from a guy like that. You know, that's not a super filled up score Is a dude that's going to be able to impact games even when his shots not falling. Yeah. And that's happening for him now. That did not used to happen for him. It was either he was on or he was two for 17 with five turnovers. <laughs> you know, and now it's like he's off. Maybe he's two for eight in the first half or something, but, you know, he's got seven rebounds and he's got four assists. And some of those peripheral skills are starting to come on. He's got a good feel for the game. He's got a good motor. Uh, and I think he will get there as a consistent scoring option, even if he's not there yet. As far as Paige, I think he's hurt. I wanted to see him again. I haven't seen I saw him in the same all star game that, uh, That same underclassman all-star game at the beginning of the year was the last time I saw him. He didn't play in Peach Jam. Um, But people are really, really high on him. You know, he's done a lot as a rebounder. He's done a lot as a scorer. He's not the best shooter in the world. Uh, Hopefully, he'll get there.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, TJ Power is another name that Indiana has obviously pushed hard on. And now it seems like everybody is out there (laughs) offering him. Uh, what do you think are the chances of Indiana being a legitimate player in that recruitment? And is, is the hype real with him? Do you think
1: he has looked, we've had him, he was one that like, you know, I very rarely pat myself on the back, but we ranked him super high a year ago because I loved him and I am wrong a lot, <laughs> but on this one, I was not. So I will take my victory lap. that. Um, yeah. I, it's going to be tough. You know, if we're being real honest here, just because he's got such a close relationship with Notre Dame. Uh, if somebody's going to break that relationship between him and Mike Bray, it's going to be a Duke. It's going to be a blue blood. Not that India is not a blue blood. I know there's an argument there, but you know a, a, a blue blood that's not in hibernation. Yeah. Um, that's fair. It's, it's going to take something like that, I think. Uh, I still think he's probably going to go to Notre Dame. I mean, they've just, Mike Bray has just spent so much time building that relationship before he became, you know, 40 off a kid that I, it's hard for me to see him kind of spurning them. But if he's going to do it, I could see him doing it for one of those North Carolina Dukes
0: uh Deshaun Harris Smith is another name I think he has an official visit scheduled coming up uh double check that but I think he does what's your read on him
1: I think I think Indiana's got a good shot there I think that he's and I think he'd be really good fit in Indiana too just because of how fast he plays uh you know for his size he's able to get up and down the court (laughs) extremely well I don't really know who the other major players are there yet because it seems to kind of still be developing and he's not necessarily somebody i've spent much time looking into as far as recruiting goes but it seems from everything i've read on the surface level and everybody i've talked to months ago about him that indiana's got a shot there a pretty good shot anyway
0: let me ask you this i mean indiana the biggest issue that we've had for the last five or six years has been shooting i mean we just haven't recruited guys or developed guys who can shoot how do you analyze and project shooting when it comes to prospects
1: You know, a lot of it is just at this age, depending on what class they're in. You know, if you're looking at a 2024 five, 5, a lot of it is just how's the stroke look? Is he confident doing it? Um, You know, because you can tell when a guy doesn't want to shoot the ball. (laughs) And (laughs) then you start looking at him like, okay, this is never going to happen. When a guy wants to shoot the ball and the stroke looks okay, he's confident in it. Even if it's not going in or maybe there's some mechanical issues, that's fine. When they're this age, it's do they look comfortable shooting it? Do they want to get better shooting it? And is, are the mechanics at least there as a framework, I think? Uh, and then you can kind of try to project it that way. But I think main, mainly project, you can project the dudes that aren't going to get better more than you can project mm-hmm. the dudes that can't. So it's a process of elimination where it's like, well, there's no chance there,
0: <laughs> you know? Uh, speaking of which, on the topic of shooting, Cohen Carr is a name. I'm not really sure how involved Indiana is anymore, but he's fascinated me because his highlight tapes are amazing and he reminds me a lot of Troy Williams, uh, who Indiana fans certainly had a love-hate relationship with, but you know did a lot of good things at Indiana. What's your sure. thought on Cohen Carr? Because he seems like the kind of guy that if the shot comes around, that's like a top 10 NBA draft pick type.
1: You know who he kind of reminds me of a little bit is like a Ron Holland type where it's like, he is great in transition. He yep. will take a guy off the dribble and score at the basket. But it's have I ever seen him score in like a half-court set offense? <laughs> very few times, you know? Uh, he's not a guy that's going to create his own shot from deep. Uh, but if that does come around, yeah, because he's got everything else in spades. You know, he's an athlete. He gets up and down. He scores in transition. He runs at the rim. He uh, can finish their contact. But he's one that doesn't always look as confident as he like from from the <laughs> perimeter. Um, but you know, maybe he'll come. I like the kid. Uh, if that shot does come, I think, I don't think you're wrong. I think if it does come along, he probably is like a top 10, 15 kid. The question is, will it happen? I, I have my doubts, but we'll we'll see.
0: The class of 2024 is starting to come into focus now. Um, and actually the trigger for me reaching out to you was the article that you did on Dylan Harper, uh, who Indiana fans certainly know that name, uh, because we were terrorized by Ron Harper, uh, for several years when he was at Rutgers. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the younger Harper, his game, uh, and again, is Indiana a legitimate, you know, player here, or is this going to be another case of the Harpers terrorizing the Hoosiers?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, they think they are. I'll tell you what; they had, they were represented. I, I watched Harper about three times at Peach Jam, and each time there were Indiana coaches there with him, watching him. So they are they have prioritized him as far as you can prioritize the 2024 right now, I guess, which tells you something, I suppose. Um, no, he's good. I think he's a top 10 kid. Eventually he's, yeah, he's really, really become something he's coming into his own He's shooting the ball better. Uh, he's a smart kid too. You know, like, you know, if you're familiar with his brother, you kind of know how they're wired. Um, Mm -hmm. he's also smart enough to not say anything about his recruitment. You know, like he's very smart on the court, but he's also smart enough to like, oh, you know, all shucks. I'm just happy to be here. I don't know. You know, Rutgers is really great. You know, he knows what to say. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's going to shake out because I expect, you know, the Kansases and I expect some real heavy hitters to get involved there. I don't know if he's the kind of kid that's allured by that, though. I don't know if the, you know, the nil money will do anything, but I don't know if he's so enamored with Blue Bloods as some other kids all are. Uh, he's really going to be interesting to watch and hard to predict, I think, because I think there's, you know, if you talk to Rutgers fans, they expect me to go to Rutgers. I'm not sure that that's set in stone yet either. You know, he's got a mind of his own. I think Indiana's got a shot. You know, it's, it's really going to come down to what do they look like this year? You know, they've got to take another step forward to kind of prove it to him because, you know, that's just – you can't regress. Once you started on this journey, if you start regressing, the doubt starts to seep in again. It's why it's mm-hmm. tricky in recruiting, especially in this area. You know, it's – Everybody wants to fire people so fast. So everybody's super cognizant of it.
0: Yeah. Where is he from? Harper? New York. New York. From New York. Place for Rens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. New Yorker.
0: Plays for a a
1: team called the New York Renaissance, which produces kid on top of kid every year. If you can get in there, that's the other thing with Harper. If you can get and you know, they're a little incestuous in the way where if you start recruiting some of those top New York AAU teams, there are pipelines to be built. Those kids are all very close uh and Harper's kind of a linchpin kid you know he's a kid that when you're at tournaments a lot of other kids want to be around them everybody knows Dylan uh and I think there's something to that I think people overlook that in recruiting sometimes sometimes you can get a kid that helps you with other kids just by kind of their vibe and their aura And I think he's one of them
0: it seems like Jalen Shafino did that for Indiana
1: yeah 100% I'm on vert yeah it's and there's no better place you know (laughs) to kind of have that you know Malik followed him right there and like, if you're gonna set up a pipeline like that somewhere, that is the place to do it. You know, home of my 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 favorite athlete, Francisco Lindor, who uh, uh played being shortstop for Montverde Academy.
0: Yes. Um but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a great place. So speaking of the of some upcoming Montverde kids, Derek Queen is at Montverde, correct? And mm-hmm, I believe yes. Liam McNeely is uh, going awesome. to Montverde this year yeah he'll be going. um thoughts on those two guys because I've heard India I think Indiana's offered both guys you know it seems like maybe they're a little more serious with Queen than McNeely but it's still early but your thoughts on on those two
1: Queen is a high risk high reward type of crew like you see it with him and he is skilled and he is athletic for his size somebody's gonna have to take some bad weight off him And if they do it and he becomes a little quicker and there's precedence for this, you know, there's a kid named Justin McBride who has just now done this and has blown me away by looking like a completely different kid one year to the next, then I think he can become a special player. But, you know, he's a little injury prone right now. And when he gets injured, the weight kind of comes back. But you can see it. It's just going to be about, can you get this kid into your program and get him to buy into the point where he will reshape his body, become a little bit quicker uh, and still kind of retain that. That bully Ori has about him where he dominates rebounds and creates possessions. Is he like a Travion
0: Williams type? That's who comes to mind when you say that. Yeah, I I think that's
1: a fair comparison. He's just carrying about 25 or 30. And who am I to talk
0: Aren't we all, man? (laughs)
1: But you know, I'm not. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like Coach was hard on Derek. Uh, but no, he's a real skilled, skilled player, and you know if he becomes quicker, and he drops that weight, and it's not like it's that hard, you know. It's I think it's it's easier to to get a kid into a strength and conditioning program and, and, and kind of take the weight off of him than it is to get a skinny kid that you want to beef up because sometimes you know the genetics just don't allow for it. You know what are we? You know unless we can bioengineer somebody, it's it's, it's going to be tough. But with clean, you know, it, it's just taking the weight off of them. It's just keeping them healthy. It seems like every few months he has some little nagging injury where that, you know, he's just not playing or something. And, you know, I think that's kind of added to it too. But you can see it there. Uh, I don't really know what Indiana's chances are just because I haven't talked to him in so long as yeah. far as in his recruitment.
0: The other real interesting recruitment in that class is, and I may butcher his name, so correct me if I'm wrong, but Flory Badunga. He uh, did, did,
1: just great. Yeah. Okay.
0: from From, from free, Kokomo. Man who yeah. like there's been all these stories circulating around that you know he's going to go certain places and this is why big schools haven't come in and now it looks like the big schools are coming in i saw you guys i think moved him up to the top 10 in the class of 2024 yeah, thoughts on his he's game and then sh- is this
1: he's one of the best shot blockers i've seen in a long long time really <laughs> he, is, he is an absolute game changer defensively like, even if he gives you very little on the offensive end, which I think eventually he will become a pretty good offensive player because he has kind of the fluidity and the dexterity to do so, and he's got good hands and everything else, his defense is just game changing. Now, as far as kind of what you reference with his recruitment, there's some truth to that. He's got a guy that I don't know what the relationship is, but it's like some kind of like family of. He's got a guy at Bradley who. You're Drew Adams. Is, yeah. And he's tied to him through, like, I think like a, maybe an uncle's like a friend's uncle i don't know it's some you know it's some aau stuff <laughs> where it's it's hard to kind of get into nobody really knows where this it's like that that meme with the uh always study guys where you follow in the string
0: yeah. it's like
1: yeah. it's, it's somebody something you know but anyway, it's, it's a great way to, to
0: t- it, that's a great phrase to use though it's some aau stuff and then it's like all right everybody <laughs> yeah, kind of knows what exactly that means it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's, like,
1: <laughs> it's some sort of aau kerfuffle but there's some <laughs> relationship there where he is uh, probably going to end up where this guy ends up, uh, I think that he'll get hired at a high major staff somewhere. Uh, and he's likely to fall. Now was that one hundred percent slam dunk. No. I mean, we've learned that from you know, louisville will hired D j. Wagner's grandpa and they're not gonna get. Him. Yeah. <laughs> which what <boy, laughs> That's a tough break, by the way. Um, yeah. I'm waiting, and I've said this often, and I'm waiting for one day where we get a situation. Whereas one school hires a kid's dad and the other one hires a kid's mom and we just go head-to-head, you know, over the <laughs> dinner table. <laughs> that's, that's really – that is what I'm hoping for. Right? That if would I, be it, that'd if be amazing. I see one thing before I drop off the face of this earth, it would be a dad-mom recruiting battle where they're both in like some shadowy, <laughs> some shadowy like support role at two different schools and they're just recruiting the kid. That's, that's all I want
0: um are there any other guys uh that you know that you noticed that indiana was really targeting uh or you know relevant names like i think and newell is another one um that uh, i've heard he,
1: listen i love him and we i moved him way up and i'm gonna move him way up again i but now this is going on a little bit by the time this is said and done i he could be like a top three type right? really man he is something special and i think the reason that a lot of people haven't seen him and that's going to change now that he's kind of moved is because he was like playing at a BFE high school in the panhandle of Florida last year. And the only time anybody really saw him was at uh city of Palms classic. And the reason I saw him is because I used to live in Florida. I just moved here to wonderful Pittsburgh where my house is not unpacked and I've got a makeshift shelf behind me, but I lived in Miami for the last decade, you know? So I get a chance to kind of go up there and see him some, and I've seen him for a while. And now he's going to, you know, he's going to be front and center at a, at a bigger school uh, I think you're going to see him, once he starts playing this higher-level competition, kind of climb the rankings. Uh, yeah, Georgia has put a lot of groundwork with that kid because when the staff was in Florida, they were, they were like the first ones to offer him there. Actually, going back to – they were the first ones to offer him. They offered – when Eric Pastrano was an assistant at Georgia now, who was also Florida, offered him his freshman year when he was at Oklahoma State, moved to Florida, wow. offered him immediately there moved to Georgia and has offered them immediately there. And they're kind of done some groundwork. I, I, I don't want to say they're going to be impossible to beat, but that's going to be the competition if Indiana's going to try to get in there. It's going to be Blue Bugs and it's going to be Georgia, uh, who has really, really done a lot of work already with them.
0: Last two names for you and their names that we've mentioned earlier, but class of 2025, Indiana has placed a huge priority on Trent Sisley and uh, Jalen Harrelson, both in-state guys. What have you seen uh, from them? Because there's obviously a lot of excitement about those two.
1: You know, I have not seen Sicily yet at all. Um, I'm hoping to <laughs> eventually. <clears throat> I would try you know, his kind of reputation precedes him. These 2025 guys, I try to be a little bit careful talking about them because it's yeah, you don't so want really- to get yourself into it you don't want to get yourself into a Monty Bates situation where it's like, Oh, this is you know, the second coming of LeBron James and they have him on the cover of Sports Illustrated and then he's like number seven in the class or something. But I think there's a bright future there, and I think Indiana's done well with the kids in the area and the in-state kids, and I think having Woodson there has kind of added to that. Uh, I don't really know where they stand with Purdue or any of the other regional schools. It's just so early with them to even try to, try to project, unless I've seen them three or four times like a boozer or a Cooper Flag, I feel a little uncomfortable talking about their games and what, what it's going to kind of turn into.
0: No, that's fair. That's a great answer. I actually wish more uh, recruiting folks would answer that way, especially especially with guys that young, because you're right. It does seem to do such a disservice to guys that young that the hype machine just gets going crazy and it sets expectations yeah. that are almost impossible to live up to for high school freshmen and sophomores, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. And not just because of that, it's just because like, I, you know, I, I've just never been one that's like, you know, sometimes I go on radio shows and somebody will ask me a question I'm just like, I don't know. And then there's just like an awkward pause and it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you if I don't know. I I don't know. Um, But I I just don't want to be in a situation. A, it's unfair to the kids. B, it puts me and everybody else. I don't understand why some people are so quick to be like, you know, this is the best player regardless of class because like the internet exists, man. That's on like, this podcast isn't going to get deleted. (laughs) You know, like if this kid becomes the number one pick in the NBA draft and I'm like, you know, I hate him as a freshman. He's not a real good player. Then what? Like, It's you know there are seats in 2022, so I try to choose my words carefully, and you know I think there are some other people in the industry that try to do that as well. Uh, I wish more did, (laughs) but you know, but in this industry, sometimes like complimenting a kid is currency. Like I can you know write a million sparkling words on some 2025 kid that he's the greatest thing ever, and. Their people around them are going to be more apt to bring me the information if I do that, you know? Mm. And it's an easy trap for some people to fall into. And I try not to. Uh, I try to kind of, you know, I've got a newspaper background. I've worked in newspapers my whole life before I came to Rivals. So I, I try to kind of stay as far out of that as I can. I and mean, it probably hurts me sometimes, but I'm just not going to do it. Like it's not a game that I'm willing to play. And then, you know, for better or worse.
0: Yeah. One last question that I have for you, and really appreciate your time, man. This has been really insightful, really entertaining. By the way, your Twitter account is really entertaining. Uh, if you have oh, some, geez. you have some, you have some non-basketball tweets that crack me up. Uh, there was yeah, one, I have other interests, man. They're yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Jim Harbaugh made some interesting comments, uh, earlier this week and your reply to it was, have we tried turning the football coaches off and turning them back on? Cause sometimes that helps. That oh, made me shit. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
1: covered football for a long time. <laughs> I started out covering K-State basketball years ago at the Kansas City Star. Then I did a stint covering football and just the culture over there. And some of these coaches, like, do you hear yourselves, like, I don't know why, that's a larger conversation I'd like to have one day. It has a basketball culture and football culture. The coaches are just, it's just like a different world. Like, these football coaches say things out loud that nobody is ever going to believe, and they'll look you in your eye and expect you to, like, lap it up, you know? And basketball coaches, I find, don't tend to do that, you know? They're more real, they're more, you know, they're not going to, they don't, Fancy themselves as war generals. I think sometimes yeah. these football coaches <laughs> think they, you know, they're invading, you know, another country or I don't know what they think they're doing, but it's you know, it can get kind of tiresome.
0: What was um, I mean? While well, you've been out there this year, is there a, a player, a story, something that really kind of jumps to your mind that was kind of the most notable thing that you saw or experienced over the last yeah. few weeks?
1: You know, what's really weird to me. The, the Mikey Williams like fan culture that surrounds him. I don't know if you're familiar with him. That's the
0: mm-hmm. story for me. Because, Mikey Williams,
1: you said? Yeah, Mikey Williams is a guard in the 2023 class, and he is like really famous on Instagram. I guess like he's friends with Drake, and like he's got like five million followers, and the crowds that follow him are bigger than the, the Brody James crowds. And then, like, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I saw two girls at an event in Baltimore that he was playing and crying. Because they were so close to him, it, it was like, like he's the bachelor's. Beatles. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, and he's a, he's a fine player and all, but it's like he caught this like wave of like TikTok Instagram fame, which is like a new thing, and that's that's good for them. You know, i not is he like older, a
0: dunker or is. a ball handler? Like,
1: what's his thing? He's he's a ball handler. He's not really a dunker, though. He can dunk. He's just got like. All these famous friends, like, you know, oh. he's always, like, hanging out with Drake. He's in, like, Drake's apparel line launch. I don't know how this happened.
0: And he's, what, 16, it, 17?
1: Yeah, 17, yeah. <laughs> like, he did, a, he did a television commercial with Drake launching the OVO stuff. Oh, and he's man. become, like, this, this cult of personality despite never playing a college game. And he's going to be a good player. You know, he went official to Kansas. I think he's going to go to the G League. But the, the, the fame is just taking it hold And Just to watch these people, like, follow him around of a dude that I didn't even know was famous until somebody had explained to me and show me his TikTok and his Instagram. That's kind of in the story for me. I'm just fascinated by it. Like it's, you know, Bronny has the Bronny crowds because everybody wants to get a look at LeBron, but yeah. the Mikey Williams crowds are even bigger somehow.
0: That's the man, as a parent, you know, I have two young kids and that scares me. Like f- oh. that kind of fame at that age. I don't know how young people process that. You know, ah, man, I mean, I don't just either. and
1: he's done a pretty good job with it. He's you know, you talk to him, and he's somewhat down to earth. And I don't know either. I, it would terrify me. And, and the way that you can get so famous so quickly now, you know, and that's probably the the biggest difference in the TikTok era. Is it just it's it's kind of a kingmaker, you know, and it does it quick.
0: Yeah, it does. Well, Rob, this has been great. Really appreciate your insight. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Is it just Rob Cassidy? And others like there's all these famous <laughs> Cassidy underscore <laughs> Rob. Cassidy.
1: Because the dude that has Rob Cassidy, I got on Twitter in 2009, my friend. I've been, you know, I'm a, I'm an old head. Yeah. The dude that has Rob Cassidy has tweeted five times ever and not since 2014. And he's looking for his estranged sister. So I feel bad, but all his tweets are just like, I'm looking for my sister and then it just stops in 2014 and I can't have the account. And it's it's not the pickleball
0: Rob Cassidy. It's not the boxing writer Rob Cassidy. It's the guy looking for his sister.
1: No avatar, egg avatar like five tweets in desperate. I hope he found his sister, man. But like, if he's not going to use the account, I would appreciate it. Yeah. It he seems like at
0: some handle. point you should be able to go to Twitter and like, look, the guy hasn't been yeah. here for a decade. <laughs> Give me the account, man.
1: I, I probably could. It's just a much funnier bit to do on a podcast than to actually do some action to try to reclaim <laughs> my handle. <laughs> Come on. You're asking me to do actual work. What Are you
0: crazy?
1: I'd rather yeah. just have it as a bit for the rest of my life. <laughs>
0: Well, that's awesome. Um, Rob, thank you. Uh, really appreciate your insight. And we're done now with this recruiting period, right? Are there any other big recruiting dates coming up or what, you know, fans who are kind of paying attention to this, what's kind of the next thing to pay attention to recruiting-wise?
1: The, the live period's done. I'm going to go out to a couple things. You know, they'll have some smaller camps. Like, there's a thing going on in Baltimore in two weeks where they'll have a bunch of 25s there, but nothing, like, nationally relevant for a while. Um, you start getting to the high school events after that. You know, they do some stuff in Atlanta before the high school season and then they'll start doing preseason like jamborees where there'll be 10 or 12 of the best high school teams gotcha hopefully I'll get to stay home for a little bit maybe get to unpack some of these boxes before my wife divorces me that's what I'm hoping anyway. so <laughs> that's,
0: that's we'll always see. good because I
1: feel like if I leave to town one more time with her having to unpack a box or something it might be over for me I might be the for, <laughs> for a new life
0: uh, yeah interesting timing on the move for, for and, someone yeah, who's in creating. tell me about it <laughs>
1: yeah, there is no good timing you know it's, it's that's true
0: That is true. Rob, thank you, man. Really appreciate it and look forward to following your work moving forward.
1: Hey, thank you. appreciate you guys having me
0: on. Yeah. Thanks.
1: All right. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Yep. Take care, man.
1: Hey, thanks a lot. Anytime you guys need it, I'm I'm here.
0: Cool, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Hey, yeah. Thank you. Bye. All
0: right. Okay. That was Rob Cassidy. Really appreciate his insight on recruiting Indiana and national Uh, and some of the other crazy stories that are out there when it comes to recruiting. Thank you for being here. I imagine we'll be back next week with a regular edition of Assembly Call Radio, but just seemed like this was a good week to kind of take a step to the side uh, and do a recruiting update. Um, So, yeah, hopefully we start getting some good news. You know, pay attention to the reports, you know, coming out uh, on these official visits from Jamie Kaiser, Arrington Page, some of the other guys who are coming and uh, hopefully we get some good news. Hoosiers have a strong foundation with Cups and Ja'Kai Newton in the class of 2023 and now looking to kind of go a little higher up the list, get some of that you know higher end talent. Uh, and it really seems like Indiana is focused on getting a big and getting a shooter. And so if they can do those two things, add it. You know, to cups just consistent, consistency and stability, and then what you get from Ja'Kai in terms of the athleticism and, you know, the upside, especially if, if his shot comes around, uh, would be another really good class for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers as we continue our march toward not just being, a, what did he say, a sleeping uh, blue blood or a dormant blue blood uh getting our damn blue blood status back because we're winning games on the court. That's what we need to do next. So hopefully uh, we get some of these recruits that'll help us do it. Thank you for watching and talk to you all soon on the next edition of the Assembly Call. As always, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers.